Welcome to Awaken Podcast. I hope you enjoy the teaching. Well, good morning, friends. I'm Jenna. If we haven't met, I'm the executive pastor here at Awaken. Um, Welcome to you brave souls coming into this brick oven of a building this morning. I'm going to give you a trick for summer. Don't wear gray. Everyone will see what's going on. You stick to black, this will be my uniform all summer. Um, Anyways, lots of things going on this Sunday. Happy Father's Day to those who are dads in the room, for those who are celebrating, Um, And to those where this day is a little complicated, you are not alone. Um, Maybe permission to take it easy today. Um, What is also happening this Sunday is Juneteenth. It is also Refugee Sunday. And on the hearts and minds of everyone, what else is it, Micah? Final round of the U.S. Open. So lots to acknowledge and name in this space today. (laughs) Um, But in all seriousness, um, a happy Juneteenth. This is the second year our nation is actually acknowledging it as a national holiday. And if you are like me, you did not know it existed until about two years ago. Um, And for those who are maybe feeling some tension around like how do we actually engage this holiday, um, welcome to the conversation. Um, When we take something that was a historically black holiday and then make it national, like how do we actually do that in a way that both honors um, what it is, but also um, celebrates that like we're acknowledging a major piece of history. Um, So couple tips if you don't know, um, maybe spend some time Googling today and learning the history and meaning of this holiday. Um, There are lots of celebrations and markets happening throughout the weekend where you can support black-owned businesses. Um, The final thing I kind of wanted to highlight, if you are a St. Paul resident, you're going to church in St. Paul. Um, Just this past Wednesday, the St. Paul City Council voted unanimously um, to move forward in creating a commission for reparations, um, which is huge. It it really is. So even though that um, conversation is kind of stuck at the national level, things are happening locally. Um, So they have a website. If you're a resident of St. Paul, you can follow there. Um, Anyways, with that, I'd love for our call to worship to kind of be along those lines. So I invite you to stand this morning. This comes from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and the Black Catholic Ministry. So receive these words. We pray, O Lord, for change. Jesus, you revealed God through your wise words and loving deeds. And we encounter you still today in the faces of those whom society has pushed to the margins. Guide us through the love you revealed to establish the justice you proclaimed, that all peoples might dwell in harmony and peace united by that one love that binds us each to each other and to you. And most of all, Lord, change our routine worship and work into genuine encounter with you and our better selves so that our lives will be changed for the good of all. Amen.
Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Awaken. My name is Micah. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, we're really glad that you're with us this morning. Um, just, I'll give you guys like a real life, uh, a real look into a pastor's life. So I was standing in the back, you know, I'm like, all right, I know my cue. I got to come out. We're going to welcome some new partners. And I'm like, oh my gosh, the partnership liturgy. I didn't print it. I don't even know where it is. I don't know that on like off the top of my head. So then I went to my, my pages documents on my phone. I found it, you guys. We're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. So we're going to welcome some new partners today. I have a liturgy for that. And so um, your names are on the screen. We'll read them off. As I read them off, if you want to make your way up, and if you could just kind of stand here uh, and present yourselves, if you are uh, uh, on the pastoral advisory team or a staff member, if you want to make your way up and stand behind them, um, we'll welcome Craig Boyer, Kevin and Terry Frizzell, Ben and Megan Hobby, David Heinrich, Laura Lambert, Malia and Troy Miller, Julie and Bob Olson, Maddie and Paul Wollersheim. If you guys want to make your way up, and we'll ask you a few questions, and we'll ask our church a few questions, and then we'll pray a blessing over you. It'll be lovely. There we go. Right there. It's perfect. Love it. Yep, that's great. That's great. Craig, you want to scoot down that way a little bit? Perfect. There we go. So to those of you who are being welcomed as new partners this morning, um, to those of you being welcomed as partners in the work of the gospel of Jesus and Awaken community, do you affirm faith in Christ? If so, answer, I do. Do you intend to honor your commitments to participate fully in the life of the church by being present with your body, mind, and soul, by committing a portion of your resources to the mission of the church as an act of worship, by using your gifts for the sake of God's work in the world? If so, answer, I do. Do you intend to pray for the vision of the church and the leaders who serve here? And to the partners who are present at Awaken this morning, if you would stand in solidarity with them, hearing these commitments made by your brothers and sisters this morning to the life of the church, do you remember the commitments you've made, and will you renew them again this morning? If so, answer, we remember. You may be seated. Let's pray a blessing over you guys. How about that? God, we thank you so much for these that are gathered here this morning, and we are grateful for your church. Um, God, for the ways in which you, um, maybe sometimes beyond our understanding, you offer this invitation to us to be partners with you in the work that you're doing in the world, a work that includes restoration and redemption and um, recreating all things. Um, and so I pray for these that have come this morning to, to say yes to not only you, but to this community called Awaken. And we pray your blessing on them, that the work of their hands, God, may be fruitful for the sake of the gospel in your name in the world. Um, we thank you for Awaken and uh, the place that it is that we get to call home. Um, in the strong name of Jesus and by the power of the Spirit, the church prays together. Amen. Amen. Would you welcome these folks into our church this morning? Yeah. Thanks, guys. You can have a seat. Very, very cool. Um, so a couple of things we're going to do this morning. Um, i got to get this TV out here, so just uh, stick with me. A couple of announcements as, we, uh, as I do that. There are a few things happening in the life of the church. They are as follows. We've got a, a summer bathroom and trash cleaning. We need some people helping around this place in the summer. We have, this is super awkward, you guys. I'm so sorry. There we go. All right, we're ready. Hi, I'm back. Um, 
we've got uh, some needs this summer. We typically have some folks who clean our building, uh, uh, cleaning service, but then also a program out of the St. Paul Public Schools. And they, of course, aren't in session, and so we need some folks to help clean. So if you're able to do that, you can contact Jenna at Awaken West 7th. Um, and that would basically be like on Saturdays once a month um, throughout the summer. So if you're able to do that, we could sure use your help. Uh, number two, uh, there is a camping uh, experience coming up at Lake Elmo Park Reserve. That's July 8, 9, and 10. Uh, it's 10 bucks to reserve a spot. There are, uh, there's a large group campsite, and then there are some individual campsites. A lot of space open for that, so you can sign up. And I think Kathy is running that, so Kathy at AwakenWest7th.com. And then last but not least, no, I don't remember. Uh, there's a book club happening. Uh, that's July 19th, 7 to 9, The Vanishing Half. Um, you can register for that online. Um, this morning, what we are going to do is continue in our series on Philippians. Um, so I'll ask Joy if you would come, and we'll read our passage this morning, and then we will jump in. So if you are able, I'd invite you to stand for the reading of the word. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with Judea and I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women, since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. God, we gather this morning as your church, and it's our hope that uh, whenever we do this, we anticipate uh, the possibility of an encounter with you, uh, a moment where we might see or hear or experience you differently or fresh and anew. And so we pray that for today, that... Um, as we continue on in this, this letter that Paul's written to this church in Philippi, a reminder to not be anxious about anything, uh, but to keep doing the work of the church. And so may we be found faithful. God, as your people um, gathered in St. Paul, doing the work of the gospel, um, in the name of Jesus, I pray, in Christ, uh, and by the power of the Spirit. And the church said, amen, amen. You may be seated. You might be wondering why I'm wearing a stole this morning. Uh, this is not, if you're new to Awaken, uh, this is not normal. I don't often wear this. It usually hangs up in my office. Um, for whatever reason, never was one to don the collar or uh, vest or vestments. Um, not really my style. 
But um, it really does actually mean something to me, and it may be the last time I get to wear it. And so I, f I thought, you know, I'm going to wear it today. Uh, and that's actually what I want to talk to you about this morning. So if you're new, welcome. You've sort of wandered into a little bit of a family gathering. Um, and this is, today uh, is going to be uh, a pause, a moment, as we thought about today and what we, could, what we should do as a church. Um, this is kind of the last Sunday before we'll know some answers for the, our future uh, and, and what that holds. Um, we're in the midst of some conversations with our denomination, and I, per in particular, am in conversation uh, with our denomination, uh, and, um, and that we'll, 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 we'll know some answers on Wednesday to our waiting. And so we wanted to just take this morning to pause, to be together. Um, I wanted to try to get all of you up to speed so you know exactly what's happening this week. Uh, there's a lot of weird words and terms, things like ministerium and boards of ordered ministry. Uh, and it is not Harry Potter, it's actually our denomination. So I wanted to just kind of like fill you in on what some of those things were. And, um, and then to, to come to the table together, um, as we do every week. So that's what we're going to do this morning. So I'm actually going to sit, which I don't normally do. Um, this is a big deal, you guys. Very, we'll see how long I last, you know. <laughs> so um, I want to frame this in terms of like some big picture around like what is our denomination, how is it, uh, how is it governed, or how is it um, sort of put together, what is it made up of, and then we'll move more specifically to like the conversation that we're in the midst of and who are the people involved in that, and then specifically like what's happening this week. Okay, so that's our roadmap. Um, first and foremost, we're part of the Evangelical Covenant Church. Uh, it is made up of 11 conferences that are regional, so across the United States and Canada. Canada is its own conference. The superintendent of Canada jokes and says he's the superintendent of a whole country. He is, actually, but there are 11 conferences. We are in the Northwest Conference, which doesn't make any sense at all. We're, we're not northwest of anything except for Chicago, and that kind of is, is really what makes sense because the Covenant sort of Chicago is our headquarters, so we are in the Northwest Conference, one of 11 conferences. And in those conferences, there are 878 affiliate churches. So churches like Awaken, who consider themselves like, or, or who are fully functioning, um, commissioned, or, uh, you know, like legitimate recognized Covenant churches, okay? Um, the folks in the covenant use this phrase called three-strand strong. I thought it was a little cheeky and a little uh, cheesy when it came out. I still do, but it gets the point, right? The covenant really is these three different entities. There is the denomination itself, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. There are the conferences, which are all their own entities. And then there are all of the congregations, which are their own entities. We are what's, what's called congregational in polity, which means that our church determines a lot of things. We determine who our pastors are, and if we're going to buy this building or not, or how long I'm here or not, right? We don't have bishops who tell us those kinds of things. So each local church is its own entity. We participate in a conference and we agree to a way of being a church which is called the covenant, okay? So those three things make up the covenant denomination, three strands strong, right? Um, moving to another group of people, so we have the covenant, and then we have what's called the ministerium. So in the ministerium, there are approximately 2,500 members, um, 18, 1,800 of which are active members. To be in the ministerium, you have to hold a license in the covenant, either a license, a ministry license, or an ordination. So these are folks who hold current ministry licenses or who are ordained to word and sacrament, which is what I'm ordained to, or word and service, or there's another category for commissioning of missionaries. 
So all of these people who hold ministry licenses or ordinations or um, are commissioned as missionaries make up what's called the, the covenant ministerium. All right? So it's my colleagues, it's pastors and missionaries. All right? So you have the covenant, and you have the ministerium, and then you have what's called the board of ordered ministry. So the board of ordered ministry oversees all of the licenses and credentials in the covenant. All right? They're a group of people that are nominated by folks like you in local covenant churches or by a, a conference does some nominating, and these are people who serve terms on the board of ordered ministry, like uh, someone would serve a term as an elder in our church on the pastoral advisory team. I don't know the exact number of, of years. I want to say it's like four, five, six years or something that you agree to serve on the board of ordered ministry, so it's a pretty lengthy term. But these are clergy. There are folks like me. They are um, covenant leaders, so folks in executive leadership in the covenant. There are lay people in the covenant who serve on the board of ordered ministry. So a member in our church, a partner in our church, in theory, could serve on the board of ordered ministry. And these folks are charged, they are invited to, care for the pastors and licensed clergy in the covenant by or through care and or discipline. So in the event that, you know, I had a, a, a mental health crisis and was hospitalized or something, the board of ordered ministry would, would, in, would in, be engaged because I'm a licensed, well, to, at least today, I'm a licensed pastor in the covenant, I'm ordained, and there would be care that they would offer to us as a church and to me as a pastor, right? If someone, if a pastor breaks a rule, like I have done, they would also engage in discipline. So the meetings that I've had with the Board of Ordered Ministry as of late are related to that, right? So they oversee all pastors, care and discipline, okay? Everybody's still tracking. This is super, super fun, I can tell. You got the covenant, you got the ministerium, and then you have the Board of Ordered Ministry, okay? These three entities, and these three entities are really the folks who have been involved in our conversation over the last, well, five years, quite frankly, but the last nine months in particular, okay? Um, Covenant, Ministerium, Board of Order Ministry, we also affectionately call them BOOM. You can, you can deduce what you want from that. So we'll shift gears a little bit, and I want to just give you a little bit of background on like some important moments in the last couple of decades related to the conversation that we are in the midst of um, in the Covenant. So in 1996, there was a paper that was written. It was commissioned by, I think, uh, the annual meeting of prior, either 94 or 95, and uh, that, that group of people put together and wrote a paper on human sexuality. It was scholars, um, pastors, North Park professors um, to write, here's kind of our take on the Bible and what it says about human sexuality. That was written and presented in 96 and adopted at the annual meeting of the covenant. That's the highest governing authority. In 2004, there was a proposal that that paper would become the basis for policy and procedure going forward. So in 2004 at the annual meeting, that vote happened and it was affirmed that the paper in 96 would be the basis for policy and procedure for pastors in the covenant going forward. There was a, an amendment made from the floor that uh, if a pastor couldn't agree with the, the paper and the, the position in, in word and in thought that they should leave the covenant. So that was a, a, an amendment or a motion made from the floor, and it was defeated, like soundly, even in a really, really conservative 
conference that year, which was ours, which says that like the covenant wanted to preserve its ability or its, its freedom for pastors to think for themselves and to study the scriptures um, and on a non-essential issue, have debate and dis- discourse, right? So they, they said, no, we're not going to make pastors agree. And if they can't agree, then they have to leave. That's ridiculous. So that happened in 2004. In 2010, a set of guidelines came out for pastors that basically said, here's what you can do, here's what you can't do as a pastor related to same-sex marriages, okay? And then in 2015, another version of those, those were revised, and they were, uh, they were sent out in 2015 along with a, a paper, which is like a couple of pages, on what do we mean by freedom and dissent. So that's the most recent set of guidelines that we're working with um, that upon which the, the basis for my suspension is, right, the 2015 guidelines. Um, this paper, in my opinion, how do I say this? I am in church, after all, is uh, a far cry from our history and theology and, like, what makes us covenant. A lot of us pastors were like, that is, that's very, very poorly written and not theologically correct, uh, or ecclesiologically correct, or, like, connected to our story as covenanters. But that's deep in the weeds, okay? So that's a little bit of a timeline to get you sort of where we are now. In the 2015 guidelines, these are two things that, you, that are important. So clergy credentialed by the ECC are not permitted to officiate at same-sex unions, blessings or marriages, nor at male or female unions or blessings outside of permanent lifelong vows. Evidently, there were some folks who were asking pastors to marry them who really weren't getting married, but were trying to gain benefits for health care and other things. So, sort of a workaround. And so, this is what that's addressing, right? Then it goes on to say, clergy credentialed by the ECC may attend the wedding or blessing of a same-sex couple, or this other one, but may not participate in the service other than as a participant within the congregation. So, those are the rules, according to the Board of Ordered Ministry, and the executive leaders of the covenant as it relates to pastors in the covenant. Everybody's still tracking. All right. I personally disagree with those rules. Whoops, a daisy. We're going to go back. Oh, um, yeah, one more. Here we go. So in um, 2019, our church wrote and affirmed uh, what we call our statement regarding the affirmation of freedom in Christ. You can find it on our website. It's a deep dive into the history and theology of the covenant, and it is, it's beautiful. It's something, one of the things I'm the most proud of in my 12 years as a pastor, that work that we did as a, as a church and as a, as a team. So we wrote that and voted on it and affirmed it at our annual meeting in 2019, which essentially says a number of things, but one of which is that we allow our pastors to operate out of their own freedom and conscience as it relates to same-sex weddings. So if a pastor at Awaken can stand at a same-sex wedding and perform that in good conscience, then we give them the freedom to do so. If they can't, we give them the freedom to not, right? That's what our statement says. So I did, uh, in September, perform John and Bobby's wedding, who are partners in our church, beloved folks who teach our second and third graders. And um, I don't regret it for one second. It's one of the most beautiful weddings I've ever been a part of, and I've done a lot of them. I've tried to, I tried to remember the other day when I did one. It's like over 75 weddings I've officiated, and this was probably, um, I experienced God's presence more at this wedding than I have in any other wedding I've ever done. I was suspended from ministry on September 23rd, 
Um, I, I notified the folks in the Covenant that I was doing this. I reported myself, was suspended. I met for the first time in November with the Board of Ordered Ministry by Zoom. I met with them in January in person, and then I met with them again for a last time in uh, March by Zoom. Some of you know Dick Luco uh, was my advocate during that experience, so it was um, a very, it was hard, but uh, I actually I really enjoyed it. Um, this is what they said after my meeting with them in March. Micah has actively stated and demonstrated his refusal to live within the ethical guidelines or to be in full accord with the mission and ministry of the Evangelical Covenant Church. Therefore, the board now moves to recommend to the Covenant Ministerium and to the annual meeting of the church that Micah Witham's ministerial credential be removed and his name be stricken from the roster of Covenant ministers and missionaries. I thought that last part was a little overboard. <laughs> stricken. I was like, geez, okay. So that is the recommendation that the Board of Ordered Ministry has made to the ministerium. So there are two annual meetings that happen this week, one on the 23rd, 22nd, and one on the 23rd, 24th, and 25th. The two meetings are the ministerium, so my colleagues, we have our own annual meeting where we talk about things that relate to us, and then there is the annual meeting of the Covenant, which is delegates from Covenant churches who come together uh, in Kansas City this year, and they talk about things related to Covenant churches. This is the highest governing body and authority in the Covenant church, okay? So what the annual meeting says goes. Uh, if the annual meeting decides to change its mind on something, that's what, that's what it does, right? We used to not affirm women in ministry, now we do. That happened at an annual meeting and a vote at the annual meeting, all right? So the Board of Order Ministry has made a recommendation to the ministerium because these folks, they oversee credentials and licensing of all of these folks. So they serve us as pastors. They can't take a credential, they can only recommend. So that recommendation comes to us as clergy first on the 22nd, this Wednesday at 4 o'clock. And a pastor who's license has been recommended for removal, can either say, deuces, see you later, or contest that recommendation. I'm contesting the recommendation. So they will present their case. I will present my case. People can speak on our behalf. So I have a witness, a friend of mine named Gail Song Bantam, who's speaking on my behalf. Then they get closing statements. Then I get closing statements. Then we leave the room. Then the people argue. The people debate, right? The pastors debate. And then there's a vote taken, okay? So, on Wednesday, in order for this recommendation from the board to pass and go to the annual meeting, they need two-thirds, a supermajority, they need two-thirds plus one to pass this recommendation to the annual meeting where it will happen again. There'll be another, I'll present my case, they'll present their case. The annual meeting will vote, and if the annual meeting two-thirds plus one of the annual meeting delegates say, yes, we agree with the recommendation, then Micah loses his ordination, okay? At any point along the way, if the ministerium fails to, if they fail to get two-thirds plus one or said differently, if I get one-third plus one votes saying, no, we don't agree with the recommendation, it goes back to the Board of Ordered Ministry, so I get to meet with them again. <laughs> if at the annual, see, I, I knew I couldn't do it, if at the annual meeting I get to one-third plus one of the votes, the recommendation gets sent back to the annual meeting. 
or I'm sorry, to the Board of Ordered Ministry. And effectively, what that's saying is, the best case scenario for me is if the pastors and clergy, my colleagues, like with one voice say, this is not the path forward for us as the Covenant Church, where we kick out pastors and churches based on matters that are not essential to Christian faith, right? If one-third plus one of my friends say that, that's my best case scenario, and I'm still engaged in the process, and I can go back to the Board of Ordered Ministry and say, all the things that I was saying before that you seemed not to listen to, my colleagues disagree with you, so let's come back to the table and let's keep working this out. What does it mean to be faithful dissenting, to be faithful and dissenting in the covenant? And, and you know, I'm still alive as a covenant pastor. Um, and if not, then they pass it on to the annual meeting, and if the annual meeting votes two-thirds plus one, then I lose my credential and my name is stricken from the roster of covenant churches, okay? Everybody tracking so far on this? So here's what this kind of means like going forward. As I said, if I get one-third plus one of the votes, um, I meet with the Board of Ordered Ministry and we discern like what are the next steps as a group of people. Um, I'm still ordained and I'm still participating in the ministerium. If I don't get one-third plus one and I do lose, I lose my ordination. So they don't ask for this stole back but my friend Ann Vining over at St. Paul, uh, First Covenant St. Paul, is actually going to take my stole and my Bible that they gave me to Kansas City, and if they vote me out, she's going to like walk them up to the front and give them back. Um, that's more of like my own choice, a statement that I'd like to make, not because they're like, we want our stole back and our Bible too. <laughs> they're not that petty. <clears throat> um, it also means that I, as a covenant pastor, can no longer participate in the pension plan for covenant pastors. I'm vested in that, so I don't lose it, fear not, but I can't participate in it anymore, so I have to figure something else out. And then, potentially, it means that we, it means that I, and potentially us as a church, have to find a new home uh, if we decide as a church that we don't want to be in the covenant any longer. So that is basically what's happening this week. <laughs> On Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time, I will be in Ireland. I will be defending myself virtually uh, at 10 p.m. on Wednesday from Belfast. Um, I'm going to pause. Jenna and Mel uh, were agreed to, to wander around with microphones. If there are questions, we figured this would be a good time to do that. So if you have a question, um, go ahead and raise your hand. Mel or Jenna will find you. And if there are any questions, we'll address them. And if not, then um, we'll, we'll, we'll move, make our way towards um, communion and the other things we have planned. Jeff. Wondering if the voting is on the record of people who are doing, like, are they taking a stand or is it just like, put your thing in the ballot? Yeah, it, the question, are the votes on record? Um, to my knowledge, they are not. So it's, uh, it's all digital, uh, so people will cast their vote, and I don't know that votes are, are connected to names necessarily. So. Other questions? Troy and then Richard. Thank you, Micah. Can you talk about why it's important to go through this process versus just leaving a couple years ago? Yeah. Um, I think for me, I, I have loved 
being a part of this denomination. It has meant the world to me um, to have colleagues and friends and mentors, uh, spiritual mothers and fathers. Uh, it has meant a lot to our staff um, for a good portion of our time together. Um, and I, I believe that like, there is room for us in the covenant. Um, historically, theologically, where we've had group churches and pastors who disagreed on things that we did not consider essential for faith, where we could disagree on them and still be in fellowship together. I think that's good news for the world. I think the world has seen just Christians fight and split over and over and over and over again. So for me, it was important to like stand and say, no, I think there's room for this theologically, methodolo or, or um, uh, ecclesiologically, like pastorally, and I think it's, it's better, it's a better story and so, um, I, for me, I said, like, I'm a covenant pastor until you tell me I'm not. You welcomed me into this and adopted me as a son and uh, put your hands on my head and said, we commission you and we believe in you. And I don't believe that what I've done is worthy of being kicked out for. So, I guess for me, it was important to, like, stay the course to the end. If your credentials are removed, does the annual meeting go on to decide if the congregation remains a part of the covenant? Or are we as a congregation removed also? Yeah. And then the follow-up question is, if your credentials are removed, will somebody from the covenant come and say to the congregation, here is what we think you should do as yeah. a path forward? Great questions. Number one, um, my credential and our church's uh, status as a covenant church are different. So uh, I could be removed as a covenant pastor and Awaken could still remain a covenant church. We are in process with the executive board. We've been declared out of harmony by our conference executive board and they've passed that on to the executive. You remember that triangle? You had the, the conference and the ECC and the congregation. So our church has been declared out of harmony by the conference, who's passed it on to the denomination. They're waiting to see what happens at this annual meeting before they engage us, but it's likely that if I get kicked out and we say, no, we're staying, that we will then be in conversation with the denomination about if we're out of harmony or not. If I lose my credential, the covenant will not come to awaken and say, here's what we think you should do. Um, we're congregational in polity, so they have no jurisdiction over who's our pastor. Uh, our bylaws say we prefer but do not require a covenant pastor in good standing. So we made that provision a couple years ago. Eyes on the prize. Um, so w if I lose my credential, um, I'll seek licensure elsewhere. And un until then, you know, I'll be back on July 3rd to speak to you again. <laughs> and the weeks following, the 10th and the 17th and the 24th. So, yeah, nothing changes day to day around here. Vanessa, I think. Um, sorry. Uh, so if the votes are digital, will you hopefully find out by like midnight Mel Belfast time? You know, like how quickly will you know and then how will it be communicated to us? Yeah. I will know um, when the vote is cast, uh, when the ballots are in, they'll notify me. So I'll be like virtually in the room digitally uh, on Zoom uh, in a waiting room, a cell. <laughs> <laughs> And they'll tell me, they'll tell me whether or not I've, I've, what the vote is. Um, and then I will communicate that with uh, Jenna and Art and the board 
Um, likely there will be some form of digital communication that comes out in the days following that vote. Um, if you follow me on Instagram or, or Twitter, well, I'm not even on Twitter, Facebook, um, there's a good chance I may post something the next day. Uh, but you'll know within a few days. I'll say something on Sunday. Yeah. The 26th, when Jenna preaches next week, she'll give an update next week. So. Can you give us some idea of other, can you give us some idea of other relatively major or high profile issues which the ECC has agreed to disagree on? Sure. To put this issue in context or which they've taken a stand on and said, no, you have to leave? Yeah. Anything on this scale? Other things that the ECC has agreed to disagree on, like non-essential things? Yeah. Um, divorce and remarriage, uh, a Christian response to war, so pacifism or just war, um, atonement, like what's happening at the cross, lots of different atonement theories out there um, for like major streams in our, in our tradition, but that they've disagreed on that historically. Uh, baptism, so we perform both, both infant and believer baptisms. Um, when Jesus is coming back, so like the end times, eschat eschatology, uh, that's, a, that's a, a few off the top of my head. Women in ministry. Women in ministry, yeah. There's a, can I? Yeah, jump in, in Jen. Um, Come on now. Clergy uh, who are ordained or licensed by the covenant, there are three guidelines uh, that we agree to. One, that we will baptize both infants and adults. Point is baptism. Two, that we affirm women in ministry. And then three, um, that we will perform not perform same not sex perform same-sex or same-gender weddings. Um, there are plenty of covenant churches that do not hire women to pastor. Yeah. Um, this is pro I'd say that's probably the most comparable thing. We're in the 70s. This was the conversation that they were figuring out. What do we do with the ordination of women right. as clergy? Because it was a national conversation, right? Oftentimes the church finds themselves in these conversations because society moves that way. So that's also a piece yeah. that's <clears throat> present. All the way in the back. Oh, man, this is getting hot. Uh, Jenna, we got a couple on this side if you want to. What? Oh, my Lord. What can we do to support you? Thank you for asking that question, Daniel. Um, I, I would covet your prayers on Wednesday. Um, I feel very supported, like, as a ch I feel very supported by you as a church. So there isn't anything I would ask for that I don't already have, um, which is that's a gift. Right? Not a lot of pastors can say that about their church. Um, so thank you for that. And then I would just say, I'd, yeah, covet your prayers on Wednesday. Um, I, keep, I keep saying, like, I don't want to be dumb and, and naive to keep hoping that something will change. Um, but I'm also like, I believe in the resurrection. <laughs> so I kind of have to uh, hope, or at least like, have a shred of hope left. So I'm praying that I'm hoping. I was wondering if you're the only pastor up for vote this week for this reason. Yes, I am the only pastor who is being voted on this year for this reason. Uh, Gail, who I've asked to speak on my behalf, is also suspended for saying that she's going to do a same-sex wedding. She was declared she couldn't come to the ministerial meeting because she was suspended. But then I asked, well, who can speak on my behalf? 
anyone? Like, could my, my wife or someone from Awaken? They said, yeah, anybody. And I said, well, I would like Gail Song Bantam to speak on my <laughs> behalf. So Gail will be there in the room uh, for me. Uh, and we, we bought her ticket from Portland, where did she live? Seattle. Seattle to Kansas City. So you all sent Gail to Kansas City for me. Thank you. Appreciate that. That's going to be hot. <laughs> it's fire. Uh, any other questions? Yeah, one in the back there. Hi. In light of the Southern Baptist Church scandal, this seems um, paler in comparison. Um, are there any other sort of hot button in that same type of vein issues that are occurring in the Covenant Church that we should know of? <laughs> Good question. No, I, I mean, to my knowledge, like, this is, this is our discussion pretty consistently. Um, one of the reasons why I love the Covenant so much is the work that is being done and, and the resources that are being put towards racial right righteousness and justice and reconciliation, things that we care deeply about, um, things that I'm proud to be a part of and that I'm proud of that our church is a part of. But, no, this is our, this is our hot-button issue, and I don't know of any others that are happening under the radar. So, Okay, friends. Can I ask you a question, Micah? Oh, you may. Just out of curiosity. Yeah. No. Um, when you think about like your journey from finding this group of people and them commissioning, sending, ordaining you, and you walk out your journey here, how are you feeling going into this conversation? Um, I'm, most of the time I'm sad. Uh, and I'm really, uh, like I don't want to lose these friendships and these relationships. They matter a lot to me. Um, and Awaken is what it is in part because of our connection to this group of people. So, um, I, uh, my, my grandparents didn't really like pass on a religious tradition or connection to a story, nor did my parents. And so when I found the covenant and I felt like I found a home um, as a pastor and uh, Having lost my dad recently, like, that really matters to me. And so, I'm sad that this is where we find ourselves. I'm sad that um, people can't see what I see, what we see. Uh, and I'm praying that they do, so. And then I'm angry right after that. I get really mad. So. Thank you. 
Um, this isn't a question. I just want to tell you, as a queer woman and the mom of a little boy who wore a dress to church today, thank you. close with this. Um, we're about to come to the table, which is the table of the Lord. And it's open to anybody and everybody who wants it. Friends, no matter what happens, like there is life and there is fruit on the tree that is called awaken. And this matters. It matters a lot. And so um, I have so many reasons to be encouraged and so many reasons to be filled with hope for this church and our life together. Um, so actually, I'll have maybe, Mel, if you guys want to head on up, um, we'll close by singing together and coming to this table. Uh, typically, we serve communion the last Sunday of the month, but I just we decided today we were going to serve communion because I, I wanted to serve communion to you. Um, and so, um, in just a moment, we'll invite you to make your way down the side aisles. Uh, there's hand sanitizer at the edges there. And then you'll make your way to the center, uh, and there will be red wine and white grape juice. We'll invite you to take a piece of bread and dip it in the cup. And you will hear the words, the body of Christ broken for you and the blood of Christ shed for you. Um, so this is the table of the Lord. It's, the, it's not the table of the church. It's not mine. It's not anybody else's who wears something like this. Uh, it's made ready for those who love God and those who want to love God more. So you who have tried to follow and you who have failed, um, you who have been here often or maybe not for a long time or maybe never before, this is for you. So if you want the presence of Christ, come, come and get it because it's for you today, all of you. It always has been and it always will be. So... Fear not, Micah with them. Keep on. As we close today, usually what you experience is Pastor Micah standing up here, arms stretched out, sending you, blessing you. And today we want to do that for you. Um, crap. This was supposed to be someone else praying. <laughs> um, I probably shouldn't because I'm going to be weepy. But... I came to Awaken 10 years ago as a baby intern, <laughs> and you were the first person that saw me, that I had something. So I have big feelings, too, about this declaration of a credential, because we all know that you're a pastor, and we all know that you didn't make up a calling um, so, we are your congregation, and we want to bless and send you. So if you could come up. And for those, 
I know it's hot and we're probably ready to be done, but I'd love it if we would all just kind of come forward, um, come on the stage and just surround you. I won't pray for 45 minutes. Feel free if you don't want to, to extend a hand. That counts too. God, for the ways that you have called and consecrated my brother, Lord, we trust, however this week goes, that that is still valid, no matter what is or isn't stricken. We know who this pastor is, and we celebrate who he is to us, how he has formed us, how he is faithful to you. And so, God, I ask that you would give Micah every single thing he thinks he needs and more. That you would ground him, that you would tether him in his words, in his conversation, that he would have assurance of who he is and what he brings. And what I believe is this invitation of your spirit to hold fast to what we know. So, God, I pray for that to be true in him, and I pray for the people who are making this decision, that you would open eyes and hearts and ears and minds, and that you would create a path forward, whatever it is. But God, where flourishing and wholeness and delight can be and can exist. So we entrust all things named and unnamed to you this week. Ask you to be present, comforting, all the things. In your name we pray. Amen. Find us online at www.awakencommunity.com or on Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash Awaken Community or on Twitter at Awaken Community. See you next time.